We are on day number 116. Isn't that a... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at... Um, whoa, and still have a lot more material I love to share. I remember when I started ministry years ago, and I was just learning so much. I said, man, I need to preach every day because the, the more you study, the more you learn and all of that. And my time for study is not as extensive as it was back then. Um, I was able to do, what, 40 hours a week sometime in study and spend hours uh, crafting. I would say for every minute of preaching, I would do maybe an hour of study practicing the, and crafting the sentence and the word and the you know, the, the audio, the kinesthetic and the visual and, uh, man, uh, but I'm, I'm so thankful to God for having the opportunity to share now, um, for the things I'm learning from spiritual warfare. Listen, listen, very, very, very important topic. Let me get right into it. Um, when the devil is pushing against you and he does, and he's causing all sorts of problems and he does. That's when you have to push back in the name of Jesus. We have to do spiritual warfare, okay? Um, the devil does not have a lot of authority, which is something most Christians do not understand. The devil has basic tactics and different things he uses in, in certain categories to bind up the people of God, right? But he doesn't have the authority to get things done in his way without our cooperation, right? He uses different ways, but they are the same tactics being used over and over again. Yes, they are. He uses uh, the lust of the flesh. He uses the lust of the eyes. He uses the pride of life. That's it. Now, there are individual areas of warfare um, that we have to be involved in to deal with the attacks from those areas. And there are weapons that the enemy uses to overtake believers. And one of the biggest things that he uses to overtake believers is that they don't believe that they are really in a war spiritually. Many believers sit on the sidelines in the battle and they choose not, no, I'm not going to get involved in the warfare. I'm going to leave the devil alone and he will leave me alone. Well, that does not happen to the people of God. They sit back and wait and hope that the devil will leave, just leave me alone. And while they're waiting to be left alone, they're sick and all kind of drama is always going on and they're getting beat up spiritually while they're waiting for the devil to leave them alone. There are no consistent spiritual victories in their lives while they're waiting for the devil to leave them alone. It is like they're expecting to go into a battle but never have to shoot someone or have someone shoot at them. For instance, there are some churches that are so relaxed, so casual, they would allow anyone to teach and lead the people. And as a result of that, ministries are destroyed. If you go back and look at the Azusa Street uh, revival and watch what happened in that setting, one of the things that ruined that revival 
is they had such a freedom that anybody could speak. They were so, uh, what, cautious of, of not blocking the Holy Spirit that they allowed all kinds of spirits to take place. And eventually something happened that really tore that ministry up. In one church in Florida um, years ago, Dr. Pat Holliday was telling about a lady who gave a testimony as to what was going on in her church. And she said the pastor had actually allowed a, a witch to come into the church and teach the women. And this was a testimony from a lady in that group in that church. The pastor ended up having an affair with that woman. And again, this is not a put down on women teaching. We, we need to have women teaching. This is not a put down on pastors. We need pastors. What I'm really saying is that both pastors and members need to be aware of the need for spiritual warfare and the need to be alert in church and in non-church situations. That pastor had an affair with that witch and ended up dying. Then she went to another pastor, started bringing him food, and he ended up dying. And I know you are saying, Pastor, you're making this up. This happens more often than you realize. I may spend one of these topics just talking about experiences that have happened to pastors like that. Anyway, so now she brought him food. He ended up dying. Then she went after a particular couple in that church and enticed the man to leave his wife. But this sister got together with another sister. They started praying until the husband came back home. And, and she said that when her husband came back home, he was sick and very close to death, striving to recover at home. Then she got sick, right? And she was telling Pat Holiday all the stuff that was happening. So Pat, uh, Dr. Pat in invited her to come to her church for deliverance and prayer. And guess what the woman said? You guessed it. Oh, I, I can't come over to your church. I got to go to my church. Now, remember, all of this stuff started in her church. Dr. Pat was not trying to hustle her, you know, membership. She was saying, hey, come over here. We'll pray for you. We'll get you in the right atmosphere and all that kind of thing. No, she had to stay in her church. And the church got a new pastor. A new pastor was picked up for child molestation of a 13-year-old. And, and somehow he was able to beat the rap and all this kind of stuff. Now, this happened happens in too many churches because people attending church and the leaders of the church don't know how to do spiritual warfare. This thing is no joke. Repentance is needed. This is not a put down on men and women of God in the church. This is not a put down on the church. This is saying that a lot of things happen in church and we're not even aware of what's going on and we don't fight back as somebody who must win the war. Spiritual warfare is necessary. So what are the symptoms? What are the signs to diagnose that you need to increase or start spiritual warfare in your life? Constant sick and misery, constant um, uh, breaking and, and tearing and ripping of relationships, constant financial trouble and struggle going on, right? Those kind of things, some of the signs, constant hits with lust and, and misdirected there, constantly getting caught up in jealousy and pride, those kind of things. If you are experiencing, feeling those things, going through that kind of battle, connect with somebody, two or three, gather together in the name of Jesus, do spiritual warfare, pull down the strongholds, 
right, in your life and in the lives of others, unite together for evangelism. No souls being saved. When was the last time you won somebody to Jesus, introduced somebody to Jesus, shared Jesus with somebody? Spiritual warfare is needed to win the souls back from the enemy's camp. Now, the stories are sensational when you hear them lumped together, but it is gradually happening in a lot of places, time after time, after time, after time. Father God, help us as a church to grow up. Not This is not a message to point fingers at others. This is a message for us to unite together in spiritual warfare. Pray for the men and women of God who have been assigned to lead churches and ministry. Pray for the people in the pews who have, who are there to give support and have a tax upon their lives as well. And Father, we know that you're coming. You're going to purify your church. Open our eyes. Alert our hearts to combat what the enemy is doing. You're coming back for a purified church without spot or wrinkle, God. Hallelujah. And we don't get it right. You said you would spew us out of your mouth. We don't want to be spit out, God. We want to be those that you can look at and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank you, Father, for allowing that to be our experience. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank the Lord.